0: Today, the first scripture reading is from Luke 2, 41 through 47. Now, every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was, when the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of this. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed. At his understanding and his answers.
1: Our second scripture reading is a continuation from Luke's Gospel, picking up at verse 48, Luke chapter 2, verse 48 through 52. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Hmm. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. So we are now in the post-Christmas narratives in the life of Jesus. The birth narratives and all that took place leading up to Jesus' birth and and, and all of the events that took place at that birth, the visit of the shepherds and later on the wise men and then uh, Mary and Joseph having to flee to Egypt because they were warned in a dream that Herod was after Jesus to kill him. All of this is now put behind them. And now they return to the hometown of Joseph, Nazareth. Mary and Joseph went about the business of parenting. Joseph laboring in his carpenter shop, Mary scrimping out whatever she was able to do to put food on the table for the family. And as for Jesus, well, he just went about the business of being a boy. Something for us to consider is that Jesus, for the most part, experienced all the unremarkable the uh, events of a childhood of a Hebrew boy growing up at that time. You know, and despite all of the dramatic happenings surrounding the birth of Jesus and uh, and the events unfolding not long after that, pretty much Jesus lived a normal life. Jesus' parents observed the typical rituals that a Hebrew family would observe. We are told that eight days after the birth of Jesus... He was circumcised, just as all Hebrew males were to be uh, circumcised after their eighth day. It was a sign of the covenant. There, they were to name their child. They named him Jesus, as they were instructed to do. And then there was another ritual known as the ritual of purification. And again, it was done according to the law of Moses. They brought Jesus to Jerusalem, and they presented him to the Lord. They did this because it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated holy to the Lord. And the priest took Jesus, the baby Jesus, into his arms, and he praised God, Mary and Joseph. They did this because they were devout Jews <coughs> and committed to the Jewish law. Now, something else we might want to think about is that, you know, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word who became flesh, you know, he pretty much lived the same rough-and-tumble life as any other boy growing up. When Jesus got picked on or he got bullied in the neighborhoods of Nazareth, he experienced the same pain and the same, uh, you know, struggles that other boys experienced had to go through when they were picked on or bullied. And as Jesus was, was growing older and he labored in his father's carpenter shop, hoisting uh, pieces of lumber throughout the course of the workday, at the end of the day, his muscles ached. You know, God did not just drop Jesus in all of his glory on, onto the doorstep of the world. He dropped him in a manger and allowed him to go through all of the stages and the vicissitudes of life. And yet Jesus was different than other children because of who he was. And and we can catch a glimpse of that difference in the passage that we just looked at from Luke's gospel. This is the only part of the Bible, the only gospel that actually gives us a glimpse into the boyhood life of Jesus. If you look at the Gospel of John, it starts out, the the Word was God, the Word was with God, Jesus, the Word became flesh and lived among us, and then you turn the pages and suddenly Jesus is an adult. Same thing in Matthew's Gospel, you have the birth narratives, but again, we don't see anything about the childhood life of Jesus. The next we see him is when he receives his baptism from John the Baptist. The Gospel of Mark doesn't give us any uh, birth narratives. Rather, it just begins its Gospel with the ministry of Jesus. So I'm thinking that the Gospel of Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, must have had something telling, or felt that there was something telling about this particular incident in the life of Jesus that he wanted to be able to convey in his Gospel. The story is, That Jesus' parents took Jesus to the festival called the Passover, where thousands of people gather, just as they do today. And because they were devout Jews, this is what devout Jews did. Again, they were very diligent in observing the customs of their time. And what they did is, is, just like so many at the time of the Passover, wherever you may have lived in the Mediterranean world at that time, you were given the opportunity to make a journey for this uh, sacred week known as the Passover. And so Mary and Joseph and Jesus, you know, they, they um, got on board with a kind of like a caravan. They made this journey to Jerusalem from their hometown. And when it would be over, then they would pack up all their belongings, and again, they would make the the trek back to Nazareth. But the boy Jesus goes missing. And thinking that he was with the other travelers in this long caravan that was uh, on the way back to their home, Mary and Joseph discover that Jesus is not there. And frantically, they they retrace their steps. They return to Jerusalem, saying to the people there, have you seen our son person by person, street by street? They retrace their steps, doing all the things you would expect concerned parents to do. And then the Bible says, after three days, now think about that, three frantic days of looking for this 12-year-old boy, they find Jesus in the temple. We can understand why Mary, the mother of Jesus, with exasperation, says this, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father, and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. You know, and I I wish I had a a tape recording of what Mary's voice sounded like uh, when she mentioned those words to Jesus, both the anger and the fury in it. Honestly, I think Jesus got off pretty easy here because I know that in the times in which I have disappeared from my my house over a period of a few hours, not accounting for myself, I got a lot more than just, uh, you know, child, why have you treated us like this? Listen to how Jesus responds. He says this, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's House. They did not understand. Now, think of the implications of that statement. Jesus, again, a 12 year old boy, says to his father, Joseph, Did you not know that I would be in my father's house? Now, this was a direct affront to Joseph's authority. Back in those days, a devout Jew whether he was an adult or a teenager, whoever it may they did not refer to God as the Father. That's something that we have acquired over time that we do in the Christian community. A 12-year-old boy had no business saying that. Yet it shows that Jesus was already forming a relationship with God that was distinct from what others had. Think also of the implications that Jesus is found in the temple. One of the reasons that Mary and Joseph took so long in finding Jesus is because 12-year-old boys were not supposed to be in the temple unaccompanied by adults. The Gospel of Luke says, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding. They were amazed because Jesus spoke in a way that you would not expect a 12-year-old boy to speak. And later on in life, when Jesus became an adult, it would be said of him that he taught those around him as one who had authority, not as the religious leaders, the scribes, and the Pharisees taught. The distinctive authority of Jesus started early in his life. And even at this age of 12, he was demonstrating he was not like everyone else. What this means is that even now, at this young age, Jesus was beginning to hear a call, another voice that superseded the voice of his parents. Even now, there was a distinct shaping of his authority, setting him apart from others. And I give Mary and Joseph a lot of credit. Because they allowed Jesus to do this, even though it would distance him from them. You know, as Jesus grew uh, from a boy to an adolescent to a, an adult, that call would become more and more focused until it culminated in the day that he would receive his baptism from John the Baptist. And as he emerged out of those muddy waters, the road that God was ordering him to walk upon that ministry and all that that entailed, it became clear to him. The boy Jesus in the temple. Sitting amidst the religious scribes and the Pharisees with their long flowing black robes, the panic that it brought on to his parents tells us something about our calling as Jesus' followers. For those of us who want to embrace the call of God, whenever we do that, others are impacted by that. When we allow room for God's authority to rule our lives, it often means displacing the authority of others. And this would be true of the parents of Jesus. The calling of Jesus would produce a road of sorrow for him. But it also sent his family down a difficult road as well. You know, the oldest male child in a Jewish family had certain responsibilities, things that were expected of him. One of them was that if you're the oldest male, you were to take care of your parents into their old age. Yet Jesus was already hearing a voice which would pull him away from his family. And that was the voice he ultimately had to obey. The greatness of Mary and Joseph is that they let Jesus go. Even as they realized the, the struggle that this would cause them. When they brought Jesus to the temple to be blessed by that, that priest, Simeon, who took Jesus into his arms and praised God, he said these words. This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And then he says this to Jesus' parents, a sword will pierce your own soul also. Even as he praised God for the great things in store for their son, the priest wants to make it clear that it would bring a sting to their lives. The Bible also says, after this incident in the temple, that they took Jesus home to Nazareth. And the Bible says his mother treasured these things in her heart. That's also the words that you hear not long after the birth of Jesus. Mary is putting it in perspective. And she's willing to say, yes, this is part of God's unfolding plan. And she was willing to stand back, as was Joseph, and put their own desires behind them. In the Christian life, there are times when we must respond to the call of God, even though it causes great disruption to our own personal lives, as Jesus' life would bear testimony to this. Yet, just as importantly, there are times when we are called to support and allow somebody else to pursue that calling, even when it means setting aside your own dreams and your own expectations for that person. And so, this boy Jesus in the temple shows us something of the call of God and how it affects others. Hopefully we can embrace both aspects. Amen. Amen. And now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think, to him be the power and the glory forever, now and forever. Amen and amen.